Are you ready for the greatest show in fantasy football history hosted by the incomparable Scott Connor and the one and only Ray GQ? I present to you Destination Chill, where football and fantasy collide. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to Destination Chill. We are live October 25th, 2023. Back with Ray G. This is going to be a good one. We got the title going, the quarterback dead zone. And I'll just say this for everybody that's not in the Destination Devi Discord. Uh, we chopped a lot of this up last night. So it's going to be a topic that's really, really fresh on Ray and I's mind uh, to talk some quarterbacks tonight. Ray, first of all, welcome in. But second of all, I wanted to ask you, do you know what today is? We are halfway home to what event right now? Anything come to mind? Five seconds. You got any thoughts? The fantasy playoffs. No. Well, if you're thinking fantasy season, we are halfway there okay. to the end of the regular season. We are officially six months to the dot away from the 2024 NFL draft, which we will be on this stream in some form or fashion talking. But I just was sitting here going, damn, the draft is six months away, and there's still so much to take to, before we get there. But welcome in, man. Just want to throw that out there to see if you knew. I, I did not know. I thought that, but then I thought it was too easy. So I was like, ah, it's got to be something else. And I said the damn fantasy playoffs. But appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, if for, for those six people who were a part of the Heisman Discord last night, we were up until 2.30 in the morning, Scott, talking about quarterbacks and different strategies and just different ideas and theories about quarterbacks. Literally 2.30 in the morning, Scott and I were like, this is this is insane. We got to go to bed. But uh, that's part of what we do 24-7, 365. We don't just talk about it. I mean, we are, we're literally talking and living these things every single day. Scott, what do you think about this new mic position, man? Jay Rich is probably going to kill me, but I, I just... I feel like I feel more official with it, like hanging and uh, doesn't sound right, but with it right here, sort of like, it, how do you think this looks? You 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 like it? Is that right? Yeah, I can dig the vibe. I, I actually didn't even notice it until you brought it up. And I'm like, yeah, that looks a little bit different than what you have. Yeah, but it does. You're, you're also sporting the standing desk, which I'm jealous of. I'm always sitting in this same people that can't see the chair that I'm in, but it's this old rickety wooden chair. And by the end of these shows, especially some of the longer trades in five shows. I'm sitting here going like, man, my back needs a little bit of a break. But <laughs> I, I, I'm jealous. I got to work on the uh, the setup. But yeah, I like it, man. I like uh, it. It looks good. Yeah, man. But I'm, I'm excited to be here. I think this is going to be a dope topic for people. It's something that we were up late last night talking about. And we woke up today and normally on show days, we text each other bright and early. What do you want to talk about today? Right, let's talk rookies. Let's do that. And it was like no talk. We're going to continue the conversation that we had last night. You saw the title of the thumbnail, Dynasty Decisions, the QB dead zone. And, Scott, I've been thinking about it. I mean, I don't really like that term, but it is what it is. I think, I think it's appropriate, and it will illustrate sort of the point or at least the conversation we want to drive home. So, as always, what we need from you all, if you're live, if you're tapped in, watching right now, first and foremost, thank you. Hit the subscribe button, thumbs up button, comment, and all that other good stuff. But hit us up in the chat. As we go through this show, y'all's feedback is going to be imperative. Like, we need to hear from you what you guys think about this. Because we chopped it up last night, and there was a lot of discourse, a lot of disagreement about some of the strategies and principles we're going to talk about tonight. 
We don't have all the answers. We're not sure if one strategy is is better than the other, but we're going to talk about it, talk through it. Scott, Dynasty Decisions, QB Dead Zone. Let's get it popping, baby. Yeah, and I think we have to start because people are probably going, all right, I've heard of the running back dead zone. Mm -hmm. I've heard of the flat wide receiver tiers. I've heard of tight ends where, hell, outside of the first one or two or three, they're all the same. Like We've heard that, but quarterback dead zone. We've heard those terms, but now we're putting the quarterbacks to a dead zone. What does that actually mean? And that was the first thing we talked about last night was let's take the current market and everyone in here, you're probably thinking, all right, who's in the dead zone? Who isn't? Ultimately, as a dynasty player, you have to come up with how you tier players. You know, if you're going to say, you know what, I just disagree with this player's value and I'm going to go continually, aggressively buying buy, 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 right? Buy when he gets injured, buy when he's not playing well. Like that's a different conversation. We're not going to necessarily talk about that. We are just talking in general. What did we decide last night? Because we went through the exercise. We went down the line. And I think if we're using keep trade cut QB rankings right now, I'm looking, didn't we decide at Kyler Murray QB 11 that below that, when you got into Bryce Fields, Purdy, Love, Prescott, Goff, like in that range, that kind of started what we were considering the dead zone. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And really, I think it's probably right around that 10 range. And right now to say 10 and see Anthony Richardson there, it feels a little disingenuous, but it's right around outside of those top 10 quarterbacks. I would say, and it's it's a tight window. It's probably like QB 10, 11 to probably what QB 18 is what we decided on last night, about QB 11 to QB 18. Yeah, and I think it it probably even extends further than QB 18. It probably extends almost all the way down to where is the cutoff point. And I would encourage everybody watching to go pull up Keep Trade Cut and just look at the list. Where is the point where you go after this range? And I would say right now it's probably QB 24 with Matt Stafford. Everybody below that, you're getting into Carr, Ritter, Mac Jones. You're, you're getting into guys where... You, you already know the player, if you have them, is, it's worth more to you in terms of like the utility you could have versus you going to try and stop Mac Jones. Probably not. There's not even a point. Like it's just, it's a gut feeling of like, man, outside of this tier, every starter is just a starter by name only. They don't hold any real dynasty trade value. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Russell Wilson is outside of that, but you could probably throw him into it with the way he's playing this year. But let's call it, 10 to 24 for purposes of this discussion. Let's cast a wide net. So we have a large range of players to talk about. So that's the dead zone. And we get to a point where it's like, okay, how do you navigate that range? And I think the biggest thing that kicked off our discussion last night was you made a comment about how if you guess wrong or right in that range, there can either be a big payoff or there can be a lot of pain, especially if you're on the high end and you're wrong, man, you were probably paying what 80, 90% of what some of the people were paying for the top eight, top six yeah. guys. Yeah. And, and, think, and Scott, think about it from a startup perspective. Cause this, this will hammer it home. You're in a dynasty yeah. startup, super flex. You draw the one eleven. You're, you're, you're like, man, damn. First and foremost, you're like, this sucks because you could pretty much eliminate like eight quarterbacks right off the rip. You are outside of the the elite eight. Like you just don't even have a shot. 
So then you're forced with the decision to either draft a skill position player, whether that be Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and God forbid Jefferson goes, you know, 109. Somebody says, screw that, I'm taking Jets. Now you're say, you're faced with the, deci- the decision, Scott, to reach for a rookie quarterback or reach for a quarterback that, you know, good and damn well, you don't need to be drafting in round one. But because of the scarcity of the QB position in Superflex, you feel forced to have to do that. And remember that point, you feel forced. Just remember that because that is going to show up as a theme later in the show. But yeah, it's probably that QB 10. You can draft QB 10 in a startup and you don't feel nearly as good as the person that had the 103 that got Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. So they could be a QB 1, but in reality, we'll talk about it. They're more in this range of nobody really wanted them and you just drafted them because you needed a quarterback even if it wasn't the best value on the board. Yeah, so let's just picture that that happens, and boom, you have eight quarterbacks that go off the board. You got Chase and Jefferson that go off the board, and now you're like, man, that is the worst spot because you're sitting there staring at, okay, I can probably start my startup draft by going to attack of Iloa and Anthony Richardson back-to-back. But you're kind of doing exactly what we're referring to in this episode is you better be right. And you could be wrong in multiple facets is one, you're wrong in those guys. There's risk with those guys more so than the guys ahead of them, right? Yeah. So you better be right there that these guys just stay afloat and at least they maintain their value. They produce enough to where, hey, maybe there's a point where I can make a move for one of those guys higher if they maintain for a short period of time. But the second thing is if you're wrong, and they fade back just a little bit. Now you already know that I've not only chased the teams ahead of me that have one of those elite QBs, I've now paid a higher price than some of the teams after me that punted QB for the same production. And part of the reason that we call it the dead zone is, and there's varying ranges of which players this applies to and whatnot, but Once you're in this range, it's very hard, and everyone in here can relate to this. If you've had a Jared Goff or a Kirk Cousins or a Brock Purdy, like those guys are producing. They're matching some of the higher-end QBs. But as soon as you go try to say, hey, man, Ray, can I trade for your Lamar? I'm willing to include Kirk Cousins in the deal. Immediately, the Lamar manager is like, yeah, you know, I'll take Cousins back, but you're going to have to toss me at, at least that Bijan in a first. You know what I mean? And now you're going, well, geez, I'd almost rather just ride out Kirk Cousins' top 12 production versus blow my entire roster up. Just, I mean, it's a quarterback upgrade, but the tax that you have to pay and what you have to actually count Kirk Cousins in that deal, immediately you go, yeah, it's probably not worth it. I should just keep playing the fade QB game. So that's the issue you run into is you are chasing the advantage that teams have ahead of you. But let's say you have the discipline rate to not go QB there. Let's say mm-hmm. you go, I'm not drafting Tua in the first round of a startup. I can't do it. And that could be not only his production, but it could also be, I know how the market would turn on Tua if anything negative happens. An injury, no contract. You could easily see the market going, I don't want that guy. I mean, God forbid he stays healthy, but then he leaves McDaniel's system. Oh man, that would destroy his value, right? So that you're doing, I can't do it. So you've punt, you draft skill players, comes back to you, Ray, in round three and round four. 
What are you now pressured to potentially do? Because Damn you quarterback, didn't take quarterback, the- whatever's left. I'm, I'm looking for the best of the rest. Well, now you're in QB 18, 19 range and you're going, man, do I really want to draft that Danny Dimes and Geno Smith in the third round of the startup? Or do I want to draft a player that I know has a lot more market liquidity? So again, you're faced with this decision of, you know, you have to get quarterbacks, but do you really want to invest those ass? Do you want to, don't you feel even worse going around three, round four, Geno Smith and yes. even Derek yes. Carr or Kirk Cousins, just yes. because you're, there's 22 QBs off the board. If you don't get this Derek Carr right here, Ray, you're not yeah. getting us harder because some asshole will take three and four and five. So you got to do it. So you feel bad then. So I guess that's the question is, you have the discipline to not overpay for QB9, QB10, 11, 12. What do you do then? Like, what's the move? Because you, you almost got to go in the dead zone, right? Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to anybody. I was faced with that decision in quite a few leagues and felt pressured and forced to take Trey Lance in the third, to take Daniel Jones in the fourth. And uh, what do you do after the fact? That's a whole different conversation, and that is what sort of sparked the entire discussion, Scott, because we were talking about a real applicable example that people probably feel is exactly what you're saying, but a roster that has Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I have one of those. And the question was, all right, Ray, now you've built this team with that risk. It has gone completely against you. What do you do to get yourself out of that hole? If you're a dynasty manager What do you do in that situation where you faded quarterback early, you reached on that dead zone quarterback, you waited and you took Mac Jones thinking that you're good to go. He's a starter at least for the next year. Ryan Tannehill is going to be fine. You're going to take a shot on Hendon Hooker in the rookie draft and you look up and you have nobody, right? Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be your old quarterback and now your dynasty roster is filled with dope receivers, Travis Kelsey, some really good running backs and no QB What do you do to fix it? That was the question, and that's how we got to chopping it up from damn near 10 o'clock at night to 2.30 in the morning. So then I pose it back to you, Scott. Where do you want to take it with that that scene and scenario laid out for the people? Because I guarantee you watching the show on Twitter or YouTube, there's multiple dynasty rosters out there that did the same shit, man. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and I got me a dope QB3 in Aaron Rodgers. Or I got me a fantastic QB3 in Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to be good to go. And then you look up in week eight, and you ain't even got a damn quarterback right now. Yeah, and it actually started really going down this road when we were debating Deshaun Watson, you know, what to do with Deshaun Watson and Dynasty because, and I think he's a polarizing player, but if you can kind of just separate a lot of the drama that goes along with Deshaun Watson to begin with, it feels like, and anybody that's checked Keep Trade Cut recently on Watson, he is all the way down to QB 18. He's right there with Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Like, he's kind of in the range of... You know, Dak and Cousins are the the poster children for this, especially Cousins. Once you have them, you're almost like, man, I really don't have any ability to go upwards with them unless you're willing to take on some significant risk. Like you probably could have moved Dak or Cousins for Kyler Murray last year when he blew out his knee. Like that would be the window where maybe you could get bailed out if you wanted off of one of those quote unquote dead zone QBs. But it stemmed from what do you do with Watson, right? He's gone from top 10 before the season, top 12 compared to where you had him with Bryce Young or Richardson or Stroud. Now to he is in the dead zone. 
And it's not just his production. It's all these factors. The reason he's QB 18 isn't just because his production hasn't been great. His production for fantasy has pretty much been right around where his dynasty value is. But his real NFL play hasn't been great. But I think more importantly, and what's driving his market down is there's just not a huge market for him individually. People go, you know what? I don't need Deshaun Watson. Even if he's a quote unquote, a little bit of a value, he's just not the kind of asset where people go, I got to have him. He, he's not necessarily one good game away from everybody in your league going, let me go trade for him. So you first have to, I think, admit defeat, Ray, that you went Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson at, I don't know, 109 and 204 in your startup. Because there's people that did that because we were saying, I was saying, if you can get Watson in the early second round of the startup, that's a smash. I'll even yeah. take him in the late first. Mm-hmm. But if you have that team, the first thing you have to do, just like your roster you're talking about, you got to admit defeat that they're not probably going back to where they were. Of course. So what do you do from there? And that's where people in the chat are, are chiming in on, man, I, I traded, one guy said I traded Bijan for Cam Akers and Deshaun well, Watson. Let's, well, let's talk about it because I, I want to get through multiple, I want to get through multiple things and we don't have a lot of time. So there are a couple of things that we discussed last night. One of those was continuing to stay in the mud, right? Stay in the yes. dead zone. And you just trade one dead zone asset and something else for another. So you would trade try to trade Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson for a Geno Smith, for a Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm not going to say Jared Goff because he's not in that range. You're not. No one's trading Deshaun Watson for Jared Goff. But you're trying to figure out a way to get, you know, off of Daniel Jones, Justin Fields for a quarterback within that range that can give you production now. That was one of the suggestions that was offered up by one of the members in the Discord last night, Scott. And I do think in certain situations, uh, that might ma- that may make sense. So let's go with those three that you mentioned, because all three of those guys right now are injured, right? All three of the ones you mentioned are injured. So let's say you have two of those, or hell, you have all three, which means you probably paid a pretty penny to get all three. Hell, you probably went QB, QB, QB. And talk about a roster that's in shambles, because all three of your picks now don't have any flexibility. You already said one thing about you can't go to the Jared Goff manager with one of those guys and get Jared Goff straight up. So I guess the first question is, do you want to go to the Cousins manager, the Goff manager, the manager that has Russell Wilson, the manager that is playing with QBs in the same tier, but they're right now in the current four-week stretch that we're probably focusing on because we play Dynasty week to week. You know, Any mm-hmm. one of these guys can come back, have a QB one game, and we're going, right. all right, I feel good again, right? Are you willing to take your Justin Fields and go pay a, I wouldn't say like a first-round pick tax, but does it really make sense to go to the Kirk Cousins manager with your Justin Fields and go, I'll tack on a two- two seconds just to temporarily bail myself out? Or do you know right there, you're essentially just going dead zone to dead zone and you're hurting yourself with future capital by moving. And in a week, you could be in the same spot, right? Cousins gets injured and he's in the same spot as Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. So do you want to bail yourself by just staying afloat? And that's what we talked about for a lot of time yesterday in the chat was – 
do I really want to go dead zone and just keep paying yeah. the tax to get out of the short term dead no, zone? It, or is to, that a bad move? To, to me, that feels like that feels like being upside down in a car note and then just going to get a new car and just putting that existing loan debt on top of the new loan. Like, no, you, you do that yeah. over and over. You have absolutely screwed yourself in the long term. I do not want to be upside down on a note. Go get a new car at a higher premium, Scott, at a higher rate and then roll the debt that I already had into another depreciating asset. The thing that you must remember about this range of quarterback, folks, let me ask you all in the chat right now, and I need you to respond to this. What does Daniel, what do Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Deshaun Watson, uh, give me some other dead zone, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, what would those six quarterbacks have to do for you to feel comfortable enough right now to have them as a fringe QB1, high-end QB2 that you feel confident with starting them in a lineup. What would Mac Jones need to do from now until the end of the season, or does he need to do stuff from now to the end of the season and a whole year next year? What would the... Answer that question. I would say there isn't a lot that Daniel Jones can really do to get Dynasty Gamers to feel comfortable with him investing any sort of significant capital in the Daniel Jones again. I just do I do not believe there's a world in which people are going to say I want Desmond Ritter. I want Daniel Jones. I want Mac Jones, Derek Carr, hell Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. Nobody wants Baker Mayfield. And that is a big part of this entire topic with this dead zone quarterback. It's not the fact that those guys can't score you points. They very well could score you points. But there's no liquidity, there's no market value, and the moment you trade for them, they, I mean, they're they're beyond a depreciating asset. I mean, these are cars with 200,000 miles on them, and yeah, they may have some new tires, they put some screens in the headrest, but this son of a bitch still's got 250,000 miles on it. So you're you're, you're really, you're, you're literally just rolling negative equity into something else that at least from one portion of fantasy football, which is the very important part, the value, the market value, the liquidity, you just don't have any. So for me, that is not a strategy that I really wanted to deploy. Very, very specific leagues where I've just built and it's all in and I've just, it's an all in team. I'm rolling with all in players and I have no clue if half the roster will be back next year. I'm probably going to have to do some uncomfortable things, but by and large, man, that's not a strategy I think Dynasty Gamers want to want to deploy. Yeah, when you're sitting there talking about what do they need to do, but let's focus on these two because I think these two are ones that are you threw out a lot of names. I did, and and, and I think sometimes good analysis, even though I can't necessarily put data to it, is when I give you a name, Ray. What what feeling do you get in the pit of your stomach when you hear the name? And I think that vibe actually can make some decent content. So when you're sitting there going, Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones, right? Those two names specifically were players that a lot of people had in the top 12, top 14. So you're feeling the hurt if you drafted them as top 15 or higher QBs. You're feeling it because A, nobody wants them for different reasons, but nobody really even wants those guys. A lot of people didn't like either of those guys even before this, but they were willing to suspend some of the negatives and say, you know what, if they can give me top 12 fantasy production, I'm okay paying this price or I'm okay trading for them. But let's just say you're rostering Watson right now. I have a lot of Watson. You have a lot of Daniel Jones. What feeling 
do you have, when I say, Ray, what hope do you have for the next four weeks for Daniel Jones to, hell, he's got to first get back on the field. That's the first thing. Like, please just play again, right? Same with Watson. But then what are you hoping for over those three games? Like, in your gut, you're sitting there going, man, hopefully Daniel Jones can look okay or make some plays a couple times and have a couple decent games. So then you can do what in three or four weeks? Trade it's him. not so you can go sell for a profit. It is right. so Trade him. I can I in can general. get out yes. at fair value to something else. I can go to Jared Goff or Brock Purdy or I can go to Kyler Murray. And it's not even that I think Kyler Murray couldn't be in this dead zone. Hell, Jared Goff's been in this dead zone for years. But sometimes when you have just the ability to move to an asset where you have more outs with Kyler Murray over the next month than you do with Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson. So really all you're hoping for is, is there a window where I can now creatively add this decent receiver yes. to Danny Dimes and get out of him for something that lives to let me see another day in the future. Like Bingo. that's all you're hoping for. You're not sitting here going, man, if Watson comes back and smashes for three games, I'll be able to get second round startup value for him. Like that's, that's well, never happening. That's the well, point of the show. Think, some people, that's how they think though. They think if I can't get that but, back, therefore I will not trade. But that's the point of, we have to come to the acceptance that when you miss on these QBs and they fall into the, this dead zone, they rarely get out of it. That doesn't mean they can't give us five years of good QB production. But when all you're telling me is, man, I can sell you that Watson's going to, and you called me on this last night. I said, well, Watson's probably going to start for three more years. Probably true, but what does that actually mean, right? If that's the only thing I'm selling is he's going to be a placeholder QB 20 for the next three years, what do I really have, Ray? The only thing I have is maybe one additional selling point to try to find somebody to bail me out. I don't really have anything that's helping me. You know what I mean? So it's, once they're in this range, they don't get out of it. So, and I wanted to address this later, but someone said in the chat, when you're stuck in this range, you just get out. I know that's a topic we're going to talk about later, but what other thoughts do you have? Yeah, um, I'm looking at the chat and it's interesting because the things that are coming up in the chat sort of came up last night. So Anthony says Watson has a much better team around him than Danny Dimes. Um, Sandiford said with Watson, at least we have seen it before. Uh, just some other things, consistent 350 yard games, two touchdown games, their NFL teams. Well, would need let me, let me stop you on this because I think this is another thing we didn't really talk about last night, but are there players in this dead zone right now? Mm -hmm. that, that comment right there, Watson's done it before. There's a couple other players in this range. Dak Prescott's in this range. Russell Wilson's in this range. Are there QBs in this range that for that exact reason is we've seen it before or they're, they're a bigger name? You know what I mean? Are these players you would pivot to for that exact reason? Would you pivot a... Matt Stafford to a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson right now with the idea that, hey, I have more flexibility because there's some QBs on this list where you already know you're drawing dead with them. You're drawing dead with Matt Stafford. You're probably going, there's the only, the only thing I have with them is a guy that's playing. And as soon as he's not playing, hell, people were out on him last year that he was going to retire. So are there ranges of this dead zone where you can identify and say, 
maybe I buy, but I'm not buying Deshaun Watson for the long term. But I'm buying him from here's my I can thing. probably Here, give it to thing. him here's cheaper. I'm about to I, like at, at this. I got I got to pop off about this Watson thing, man. Okay, we saw that shit in 2020. But does that matter? Does it, we or does it matter saw, that there's saw, people like like Sanford in the chat in saying 20, I would still go after Watson over those why? others? What on earth have we seen? Uh, what have we seen since the year 2020 when COVID first started? Right, I'm talking way a long time ago. What on earth have you seen to make you feel confident that you're going to get anything? out of Deshaun Watson better than what we've seen now. The only thing people can tell me right now as a reason to invest in Deshaun Watson is he's got a contract. And I'm here to say, I, if he continues to, for what, say what you want. We know Stefanski's gone at some point, but if he doesn't turn it around, bro, what, why do I want Deshaun? No, I don't want to trade any of that for no damn Deshaun Watson. I'm not paying no premium for him. I don't want to pay any tax for him. The dude has not played good football since he's been back. And we give him the benefit of the doubt for the first six games he came back last year. But you had all damn offseason. You had all summer, preseason, whatever you want to call it. They bring in receivers. They do this. They do that. And you got, say what you want. I'm not saying money makes you play better, but you got the largest damn contract we've ever seen before. Go play football, man, and make it happen. I don't want to hear he's rusty and he's shaking it off and I'm just going to buy into it because I've seen it before. Man, I'm good on that. I'm I'm watching him play football right now, and there ain't a damn thing that he's done to make me say I want to go buy into that with the hope that I can get back to what he was in 2020. I'm good, fam. I am good. I'll just say this. Is there, though, a way, because it's not just Watson, there's other QBs in this range, and I threw out the name Matt Stafford, that's one. Would it be willing, would you be willing to go move a guy, and all I'm talking about is parking my asset in a place that there might be a better shot at a window, and this goes into a whole nother discussion as to, you just question why does the window exist? But the reality is there are people out there that are still clinging oh, to that exact argument of, I saw it three years ago. Someone else said in the chat, Watson's a little different because he's still 27. He's not 34. You know what I mean? There's So all I'm saying is if you're able to go pivot to him with a guy like Stafford just because he's playing and Watson isn't, all you're doing is trying to park your asset in a spot where you think in the future there could be an even better opportunity to get out of it. That's it. And think, all my original think, point think, think with this was though, Scott, think what are you getting out for? What are you getting out for? You're not You're get you're getting out for something so, so that you, you wanna, can't get out with what you have now. What are you getting out with you have Matt Stafford? You're not. And you know you're not because it's not just the fact that he's 35 but he has an injury history. And frankly, he hasn't been as here's good as some of the other here's guys why here. You don't so, care. Here's why you don't care about getting out of Matt Stafford. Would you pay for him in a startup? But then we're getting no, into no, the no, sunk no, cost. No, 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 no. It's not sunk cost. The reason you're trying to get out of Watson and or get into Watson is because you're trying to recoup some of the value that you blew on the day. We started this whole thing talking about QB 4, 15, up to QB 15. We're talking about the QBs that we invested something in, right? 
So we the sunk cost is there. The reason why you're not worried about getting out of Matt Stafford is because nobody on the face of the dynasty planet paid anything for Matthew Stafford going in the season. So it's just kind of like it's found money. I don't give a shit because I got him in round 19 or whenever you picked him up or somebody threw him into the waivers because Stetson Bennett was going to start the season. There's a big difference between saying trying to get out of Stafford versus trying to get out of Deshaun Watson. There's a big foundational difference there because of the cost of acquisition and what you are truly trying to get out. You know damn well you ain't getting out for if somebody gives you a second for Stafford, that's a like a, a hundred X return because you didn't pay that to get Matt Stafford. So you you don't you're not trying to get out of a fourth round pick. Like he's a fourth round rookie pick is what I paid to get Matt Stafford. A third round rookie pick is what I paid to get Matt Stafford. No one's trying to get out for that. I don't care. I don't care about the third that I paid, the, the fourth round rookie pick. I do care about this first rounder that I gave up for Deshaun Watson. I do care about that because now my team stinks and the quarterback stinks. So I'm trying to really get value. So I, I hear you, but that, that as apples and oranges to me. Yeah, I guess you're right with the the person that invested in Stafford at what he was going for, you know, after last year. It they're not as desperate because they're probably looking at it like I never expected anything out of this. So you know, if it goes but, to zero, I expect it to go to zero. So I'm not desperate to get out. And you're right. The the person that is going, man, how can I get out? What's the creative way I can get out of that Daniel Jones or that Watson or that Dak that I paid top 12, top 14 yes. prices? And now yes. they're sitting at QB 18, 19, 20. And more importantly, nobody really wants them. And that's what that's what defines the dead zone is it isn't that they're not able to produce numbers close to what you paid. It is they don't really add anything when you're trying to move them for something else of value. And I've learned that over the last year or two the hard way. And you talked about it, why the QB hoard a lot of times doesn't work. Because you have a team where I see you have, let's say you have a Lamar Jackson, a Tua, and then you were the guy that took the extra Danny Dimes and the extra Matt Stafford and Russ Wilson. You're sitting on the five QBs, right? People will talk about how awesome that is to have all those QBs until they go try to move them and they realize that you can move a QB. I guarantee you can move some QBs off your roster, but which one probably would be the easiest to move? They want your Tua. They want your Lamar. You know yeah. what I mean? They'll go, you can keep. You yeah. can go bet on Russ and Stafford to produce. And as long as they do, then you're probably going to beat me if you get a haul for Lamar. Okay. But I'm, I'm not going to cater to, here, I'm going to help you out and give you a starting receiver for Russ Wilson, you know, that, so that, that fallacy I think is why we're at the dead zone. And the question in the chat is basically, what do you do if you're already stuck in the dead zone? Let's get past this. I paid X for fields and Watson and dimes. Let's get past. You're already feeling the pain from that, but you're stuck here. We've acknowledged that you can't really go up without destroying the rest of your roster or giving away a lot of your future capital, which you know is probably a bad bet. But how do you get out? Because that's that's what a lot mm -hmm. of our discussion was last night. Do you yeah. just do you walk away? Do you exploit as much value out of these guys until you get down far so, enough where you go, I don't even need them anymore? Talk about it. So this is this is where the conversation got in, interesting, right? And Sanford, I think you're. Uh, he says your investment price is irrelevant. I, I think you're missing the point there. It's not about the investment price that I'm trying, because I paid this, therefore I get that in a trade. It's more so of the fact that you didn't invest much in Matt Stafford at all. So you're not trying to get out of something that didn't cost you anything anyway. It's found money. So it's not, it's not so much of 
I need to get this because I, I paid for that in the startup. It's I didn't pay anything for Stafford coming off of the season last year to get him. So I'm loving the points and I'm not motivated to get off of them. Like it doesn't matter to me because it didn't cost me anything. But to answer your question, Scott, what would I do? And this is sort of where we've talked multiple times, Scott, going into an offseason, there are very few running backs that you want to roster from a construction standpoint because not of the fact that they can't score you points, but there's no liquidity in those players from February to July, right? You just can't move. No one wants them. You want to wait for the rookies. Got to see if that Chase Brown's going to take that starting job. Maybe Sean Tucker can beat out Rashad White. So we've talked about ridding yourself of, of those players going into the offseason, trading those running backs for liquid capital, for picks that you can manipulate and maneuver around through the pre-draft process. And I posed the question to you, Scott, well, why not? liquidate some of those quarterbacks why the hell do i want to roster ryan Tannehill come january 10th whenever the season's over whenever that is why do i want to hold him off seat through the offseason why do i want to hold baker mayfield jimmy garoppolo mac jones here's why most people do because it's safe right i've got a quarterback for next year i know he's only going to be a qb3 but at least i have a quarterback on the roster going into next year I don't want to trade Derek Carr at the trade deadline for two seconds because I'm giving up a starting quarterback in Superflex and I'm only getting two second round picks. There's no chance in hell the players that I select with those two second rounders are going to be better than Derek Carr. I push back wholeheartedly and say, yeah, I think I would. I think going into the offseason, I don't want something that I have no liquid capital with. It is literally there. I don't want Ryan Tannehill going in the offseason. If I can trade him for a damn second-round pick right now, which nobody would do it, can I get two-thirds for Ryan Tannehill? And people are like, man, that's you're not drafting a court. It's not about what I'm doing and picking with those picks because I guarantee you between now and May when the NFL draft and the rookie draft season pops off, I won't have those thirds. I won't be making those picks. It's the ability that I can use those picks with something else to move around and do something with in the offseason, which you can't do with those quarterbacks. Nobody is going to want your Mac Jones in the offseason unless you're willing to give him away. And I guarantee you're not going to want to trade him for a third-round pick or a late second-round pick. Therefore, you just get stuck holding those guys all through the offseason. Well, let's let's challenge you a little bit here because you've thrown out a bunch of names that I think people are already going, yeah, you know, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, like those guys are on the the, the ass end of the QB names. Let's go a little bit higher because I think this is where the debate happens. This is where you'll get pushback from people that will say, we're talking the dead zone, right? So we're talking the Kirk Cousins, the Russell Wilsons. Even even some of the guys you may like a little bit, like the Brock Purdy's or Jared Goff's, like we're, we're, you're having to do an evaluation in that range. Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, like these are guys that I'm pretty confident will start again in the NFL, right? Every one of those guys I named, barring something drastic happens, they will start next year. They may start in two years, three years, whatever. But the point is you're not risked. Oh man, they're not going to have a job. But you're still faced with the fact, all right, Ray, you're stuck on four or five of those shares of Daniel Jones going into the offseason. Let's just assume he's going to get another shot, right? I don't think he's going to go from literally where he was to a complete zero overnight. You already know he's going to bottom out from like a market demand standpoint. 
but our discussion was, and there's a lot of people that will say, man, if I'm holding the Russ Wilson in the offseason, if I'm holding one of those guys, I know they're going to start. So I can't get out for anything less than a first. I need a first. Now, you're not getting a first. Why would somebody go, yeah, I'm going to give away my future flexibility during the worst time to not have flexibility for Russell Wilson? That's a very convicted bet to make in an offseason on a 35-year-old QB that you really don't know what his future is going to be. He's going to have a future. But the point is, the, the challenge is a lot of people will go, I can't trade Russ. I can't trade Dak. I can't trade Cousins. I'm just going to hold him for another year. Man, put the, Carr the in that, thought, their car is right there. People were saying the same thing. He's about below him. Coming he's below him. I, I'm I putting him that. in the I want to challenge people with the, the name that you feel good with. If I say the name Kirk Cousins, you feel okay. If I say the name, you feel the you feel okay next year. But our discussion is you shouldn't even necessarily be holding a lot of those guys into the offseason, right? Just because we, we know from war, you look back, go to the war tool, look back for three years at any of your super flex leagues. You mm -hmm. will see where the line starts to get negative. And so it's right around QB 16 to 22-ish in most leagues. So if I'm holding a guy in that range where it's basically I'm at the equilibrium point, doesn't the logic there say, okay, that's actually not a bad place to liquidate. Give me two seconds. Give me three seconds. Pivot off one of those guys to another one if I can pick up an extra second or two and just understand that next year it's going to be a little uncomfortable. I may not have a locked-in opening day starter. But the war tells you that doesn't really matter, doesn't matter if you have QB 20 that's safe, right? So I, we're pushing back on the idea that you need to hold the Russ and, and the higher-end ones. I don't, don't miss me with Tannehill and Mac Jones. and Those guys are below the line that people even care about. I'm talking about the ones that are in that, man, I feel good about Cousins. I feel good about Russ. I feel good about Dak. Those are the ones where if you said, hey, I can liquidate those, I can get a first and a second for one of those guys. The data says get out of it and just worry about getting back in maybe at a later time if I want to, if I want to. And I saw a lot of comments in the chat. If I'm stuck in this range, Ray, I'm just getting out. Get out, tank, draft rookies. That's my shot to get back in the higher end tier. I'm never going to trade my way there. And I think that's a valid point. So what, I, what are you I thinking? Because this, this mean, is a challenge. Well, first of all, it's... It's easy to use the revisionist history today and say, oh, nobody, uh, no, I could go back to, to every goddamn fantasy analyst who was pumping up Ryan Tannehill and how efficient he was and how he's one of the best late round val. It's easy to look at him today and say, oh, yeah, nobody's trading for him. Going into the season, what was the narrative around Mac Jones? Well, now that he's got an OC, it's going to be way better now that he doesn't have Matt Patricia. So I'm just, it's easy to say today that nobody wants those guys, but at the start of the season, I could pull up receipt after receipt where people were like, yeah, if you, no need to draft in that range because you can get this efficient starter a whole round or two, three, four rounds later. Those those were real conversations. It, it's easy to sit back today and say, nah, that, that ain't true. But in the moment, people was 1,000% preaching that shit with, that you could roll with those guys and be just fine because Mac is going to be the starter for the next couple of years. They're going to do this and that. But neither here nor there, Scott. Uh, looking at that range, I agree. I'm not trading around in there, man. I want as much rookie capital as I possibly can get 
And here's the reason why I don't give a damn about trading Jimmy Garoppolo or who else did you say? Kirk Cousins? Who else is in that range? Go, let, let's, let's go high end. Derek Carr, uh, you said he's a little bit lower. Geno Smith. Who else? Deshaun Watson. You know why I don't give a shit about trading them? Because we went through last night till 2.30 in the morning, Trade Finder, just to look at what people were doing throughout the offseason and through the start of the season with said quarterbacks, and every last one of them could be acquired. I can go buy every last one of you in here and go buy Russell Wilson right now if you wanted to, and it shouldn't cost. Some of y'all play in leagues with nothing but village idiots, so there's a bunch of dumb stuff that happens and moves that can't be made and silly trades that get accepted. But by and large, if you're in a competitive league, like everybody knows that those guys aren't worth multiple first. Those guys aren't worth a C.J. Stroud in a second. They're probably like, man, you give me two seconds, a second and a receiver, you can have them because they know I just want to get off of this asset. Every last one of those quarterbacks in that range go to keep trade cut. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, every last one of them you can buy. None of those guys are unobtainable in Dynasty right now, and you could have bought them at various points throughout the season, and you can still acquire them right now. Like, you you can, there. no, you can't always buy Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. No, no one's selling them. But everybody else, I bet you can go buy Justin Fields right now unacquirable a couple of weeks ago because he was scoring so many points. Bet you can go get him right now. You go buy all of those guys, man. Any At any moment in time, you can go find them. Well, and here's what's interesting because I see a couple comments in the chat of nobody's selling those guys and you can, you know, they go to keep trade cut. So I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm going to use a name, Ray, that is, has a little name cachet, has actually played pretty well this year, but has some warts clearly and is not in a good situation. Russell Wilson. Okay. Russell Wilson hasn't killed you this year. He's actually been okay this year, yeah, but he's in right. a situation where had he played how he's playing this year, last year, he, we'd be thinking about him totally differently. Last year he sucked, and his team was way better than it probably should have been given how good their defense was. This year he's been pretty good, but his team's terrible. So he's taking the blame for both seasons. Yes. Fair or not, that's not the debate here. But I'm putting Russell Wilson right now and I'll even turn on the tight end premium setting in, in Keep Trade Cut just to add a little bit of value to some of the tight ends. But you put Russell Wilson in the trade calculator, okay? Here are the pieces that are in the range of what you should be able to buy Russell Wilson for. And people are going to snicker in the chat because they're going, I'll never be able to get Russell Wilson. And that that is the point of this conversation. This is a inequality that we've kind of spotted and we wanted to talk about. Because here are the names. Right now, can you get Russell Wilson for Elijah Moore, Ray? No. Okay. Well, Keep Trade Cut has Elijah Moore valued higher than Russell Wilson. So, okay, there you go. Can you get Russell Wilson for how about a 2026 mid-second round Stop. pick? How about Stop. that? No. Okay. And so when you, as soon as you plug him into like a Keep Trade Cut site and you go, okay, Here's what it says he should be worth. He is in that firm range of, I should be able to go send a random second and a throw-in piece and easily buy him in every league I have. And that applies not just for Wilson, but it applies for anybody else. Now, Russell is way down there on the value range. So let's go a little bit higher. And we're going to continue this exercise. Let's go a little okay, bit higher. Like go a little higher. We're going to go Kirk Cousins because he's coming off one of his better games, a primetime win. He is still valued on keep trade cut QB 19. 
It's about 3701. Can you trade right now? Just in a 1.5 tight end premium league, can you trade Ramondre Stevenson for Kirk Cousins? What do you think? No. No. Right. But but the other side would be like, what QB could you kick back? But no, not straight uh, up. No. Yeah, we're talking no. one for one. And and no. here's where the, the crux of what I want to get to. No. Could you trade? Uh, here's a funny one. Can you trade Kyron Williams? Stop. Right now for Kirk Cousins. Come on, man. Come on, man. So the and what people are feeling when you put these trades in, you go, okay, let me see what I I need to go buy a QB. So let me go plug a QB in here, even if it's one of the ones that the market likes a little bit, like Dak or like Cousins. Oh, I should be able to get him here for this. I should be able to get Kirk Cousins for Tajay Spears. <laughs> and then you make that offer, and what response do you get? And it's not even Cousins. You go try to make that offer for. You go try to send Tajay Spears for Geno Smith, for Russ Wilson. What is the person going to respond with, Ray? Man, I, I quarterbacks are scarce, right? I just can't. I, I need a little bit more. You got to tack on a second. I think I really need a first if I'm going to move Dak. Yeah, if I'm going to move Cousins. Yeah, I need a first. I need a first on top of that, yeah. So there becomes this, like, anybody that's ever sold stuff on eBay, you could put a reserve up, right? And it was almost like, I'm willing to sell. I want to sell. But I'm going to put the price at a floor that I yeah. know hardly anybody's going to buy at. But, so unless you're, but if you do, I'll sell it. Correct, and and that's what the quarterback market in this range feels like. You are having to pay an extreme tax to pry a Kirk Cousins off somebody's roster because he's a quarterback. Yet everything we're saying here, using the war, is like well. Really, the, we shouldn't be treating these guys this way because they're fully replaceable. And we've just done 50 minutes of an episode saying their market value isn't there. So why do people value the QB just because they are a starter? And is that in a market that we can exploit? Someone put it in the chat perfectly. Rest of the season, what is the difference between all these guys we've mentioned and Gardner Minshew from a fantasy football production yeah, Let me pull that up. Who said that? That's great. Uh, David, David it was Ross. a couple... There it yeah. is, David Ross. Good stuff, David. Okay, so, and I agree, right? Like, if you told me Gardner Minshew versus a lot of these names we've mentioned, I'll say he might even outproduce them the rest of this year for fantasy. But he's not seen in the same light as them. Why, Ray? Because next year he's not guaranteed to be a starter. But we've already established in this whole episode, do you even care if Daniel Jones is starting next year, if he's QB 29? He's buying, no, he's buying nobody time. cares. He's buying time for the replacement, Correct. man. You, we all know, everybody knows it. We all, even if Jones gets one more year, they're just buying time for his replacement. So what's the move? If you are stuck in this dead zone, we kind of brainstormed, like, how can you creatively move to... And, and would you agree that this is the range where if you can get some leverage, it's great to do it? Two seconds. If you can tear off of a Absolutely. QB and pick up a free second, like Absolutely. this is the range to try to get the leverage, but don't be scared to go, man, my QB room is a mess. What was yours? Fields, Fields Dimes, and dimes Jimmy? And Garoppolo. Okay. Probably Fields, maybe Dimes. I bet you if someone came to you and said, Ray, I'll give you a free second and you give me Dimes or you give me Fields and I'll give you Geno Smith. You'd consider that, right? 
Absolutely. And you don't even care about the Geno Smith part. No. As soon as he went to your roster, what would you do? Put him on the trying block. Trying to get out on him, yeah, right? Put him on so the it's... block, trying to do the same thing. I just want to get out. Can I get a, a, a shittier quarterback in another second? Yes. Right. And, and how much of this is also impacted if you're tanking and trying to get to the bottom, too? Oh, well, we saw whole... some comments in there like, man, if I can get rid of those QBs and get capital and turn my 104 into a 101 or a 102, like how is that just not a smash win? But why aren't people doing this, Ray? Why are people afraid to move because off? Because it's security. It's because you have to. It's super flex. You have to start multiple. You have to have them. You know what? Every week, I get. I wish we had something that would just show us across fantasy football how many people are starting Derek Carr for his 12 points a week. You're jamming them into your super flex lineup. Hell or high water. You got Mike. I don't know about uh, I don't know about that Hollywood Brown this week. Ayuk, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, don't think I could really start that Zach Moss. Got to play the upside of Derek Carr. You're getting a grand total of freaking 12 points a week, and you're jamming them in your super flex lineup because you you got to throw a quarterback in there. Ray, what about the spike week? What about it? I'm out. I'm out. If I could liquidate for the leverage and get two seconds or something like that, great. Or Scott, there's sometimes man. I want to get out of an asset so bad because you just see it going downhill. And there's some players. Tell yourself the story, man. Like that, if the Giants are in a range to draft either Caleb Williams or Drake May, I do not believe that that one year left on Daniel Jones' contract is going to stop them from seriously considering a quarterback upgrade. I'm not saying that's what they need. All I'm saying is if they're staring down the barrel of Caleb or May, you better believe the owner's like, hey, man. And and Brian Dayball is probably like, hey, man, we need to seriously consider that asset. And once that happens, yeah, he'll start again, Scott, but it's going to be Marcus Mariota. He's going to be on the bench for a year somewhere or two. Then he starts. And then by that point, you don't even I don't want to hold for that. I, why do I want to hold for the hope that one of these range of quarterbacks that I can buy back into at any time can just start? That Mac Jones is just going to start. That Derek Carr is just going to start. I don't, that's doing you, literally, and it's not even me just subjectively saying it. You can look at the war. It's doing you nothing. That range, is it is flat. And that's the bigger point. I don't think people need to be afraid of not rostering that range. Because here's the other thing that happens, Scott. What happens, in, what happens after the NFL draft? Let's just say, let's be conservative. Three first rounders this year. And I think most people will agree, at least right now, Caleb Williams locked and loaded. Drake May locked and loaded. And let's just say your choice of Quinn Ewers or J.J. McCarthy are all top 15 picks. Where do they slot in on dynasty value rankings from day one? Where do they go? The well, I mean, they probably, yeah, they push the Goffs and Purdies, the higher end range of that start of the dead zone. They just push them down. Push them down. Push yeah. them down. Yeah. Jordan Love may be QB 16 right now, but it's it's ADV. It's a it's placeholder for him to be 23 in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? It, and, and once that happens, say what you want about KTC, say what you want about this, the market will be like, I don't know. They'll go look. They'll go look for a trade. People still use them. That's why they exist. Trade finders aren't all over the place just for fun. People are using them at a very high rate. So they're going to see that stuff, and it will influence how the market treats and value these players, which will in turn, affect what your ability to leverage or get out or buy. Sometimes I'll, I'll pay a tax to get out, Scott. I will pay you to take this problem off my hands. I will send you Mac Jones and a first 
to get this back or Mac Jones and a player to get some. And, and sometimes it's got to be something good. It's got to be something that you really don't want to move. But what's more valuable for you? That Jackson Smith and Jigba are getting the F off Mac Jones. And sometimes I've been faced with that decision and it's like, you know what? Like this receiver, like this tight end, I really need to get out of this asset and a first is on the table. Goodbye. Like, love you, receiver. I need the liquidity. I could split that first into two seconds, another first and a second. I've got to go. So I think for me, if I, th- of the three options, buy back into the shitty tier, really don't want to do that. Trade and liquidate everybody for capital. Great if I can do that, but sometimes you can't. I find the more easy way to get out of some of those players is you pay a little tax to get out. And maybe at the end of the day, your net ROI you know, instead of losing 100%, man, you lost, you know, you saved 40%, you lost 60. And I know that seems like, oh, that's not really great. But let me tell you something. When you're in the, uh, I, I, I participate in the stock market, I, I enjoy it. There's a big difference between max loss and getting out with 40%. Like, give me my 40% back, please. I do not want max loss. Max loss is Trey Lance. That is the, that is a cautionary tale of max loss. And you can tell yourself this story that one day he's going to start for Dak or this and that. He's dead. In Dynasty, his best hope is to hang around long enough. And when he turns 28, somehow he gets a starting job somewhere and you're able to buy him for the low at that point. But Trey Lance is a cautionary tale of absolute max loss where you could have gotten a first, multiple picks. And we ignored the warning signs because he was in that dead zone range himself despite him being a third-round pick, and you literally got max loss. You lost whatever you invested and some gone on Lance. And you literally are holding dead weight that if you cut him, somebody else who didn't invest in him, they ain't got no problem picking him up. Shit, I didn't pay for him. I'll hold the Trey Lance. You're the one who feels like you got to hold. Because, I, I mean, I bought this. Nobody will trade for him. You put Trey Lance in a deal, it actually makes the deal look worse. Like, you're better off just trading Tyreek Hill on his own instead of adding to Trey Lance. It just makes the deal look worse. So you can pay to get out, and I've done that, Scott. I've paid to get out of players. Yeah, I think the takeaway is, as we're closing the show, you know, 40 quarterbacks have started this year in the NFL. We're going to get Will Levis starting and Sam Darnold starting this weekend, so that's going to be 42. By the time we look up at the end of the year, we're going to go probably 60-plus QBs are going to start games. Yes. Probably 40-plus QBs are going to start four-plus games. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there going, man, if I would have only kind of embraced, and this is something that I'm going to talk about on Destination Dynasty at the end of this year, my kind of new approach to roster construction, and anybody that's in leagues with me will see that I'm doing it in a lot of leagues, is it's not even about fading quarterback. I don't want to say it's a zero quarterback strategy. It is a fade quarterback strategy, but it is a little bit of a kind of a modified fade the quarterback dead zone strategy. And understand that if you roster construct right and you're creative enough, you can patchwork together a season of, man, I got eight starts from Gardner Minshew. I got six from Josh Dobbs. I got four from Tyrod Taylor. And you paid nothing, right? Because if anybody has one of those guys when they're starting for two weeks, what is it? What immediately happens in most leagues, right? Hey, I got Tyrod. Who want, who you're, you're so ecstatic that you actually can get a third for Tyrod Taylor. He's gone. So the motivation on the other side is, okay, I'll get out of those guys. I'll, I'll sell them for a fourth. I'll sell them for a third. Meanwhile, you sit there and go, God, why did I pay that first for Kirk Cousins? When 
I could have patchworked together this dead zone, not worried about what my investment cost was and not worried about holding them in the off season, knowing that if I ever wanted to stop playing that way, I could get back in as we talked about in this show. So just food for thought. I would leave the listeners with this and we're going to transition over to the AMA uh, after this in the discord rail beyond with uh, Cody Smith, which should be a fun. If you want to hear a little bit of a different take on uh, <laughs> quarterback strategy, check out that AMA. Uh, but be flexible about, especially when a lot of people in the chat said, oh, no way anyone's selling these QBs for less than a first. That's the sign for me in Dynasty to go, well, if somebody just made a no way anybody does it statement, right? I'm sitting there going, maybe I should consider doing it. You know, maybe I sh that's the zig when everybody else is zagging. When it feels uncomfortable, maybe consider leaning into it. Look at your rosters and go, man, do I really need to carry 15% Russell Wilson? into the off season, or can I take a gamble that maybe I can patchwork together that placeholder next year? So that's my diatribe. I guess we got a super chat to end it. Yeah. Yeah. We got a super chat and I'll just say it can be done. We witnessed in one of our leagues, a top eight quarterback get traded for Justin Fields, the impossible and only had to pay a small tax. Uh, Creed Bratton, nine ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Creed checking in fellas. 12 team start nine to a Watson Kyler. Bijan, Aaron Jones, Tyreek, Amon Ra, Olave, Cup, Pitts, Waller, two and five. Got burned by Watson, Bijan this week. Tyreek may be on the shelf. No 24 or 25 picks. Stop, stop there. Okay. Stop there, Scott. Don't say anything yet. It's the second one. This is it. Flip Aaron Jones and QJ for DK or just liquidate. So answer this one real quick. Should he flip Aaron Jones and Quentin Johnson for DK Metcalf, or would you rather just get picks instead of going into DK? Uh, I don't want to get DK for the, the liquidation, but for here, I have a better shot liquidating DK or adding him Correct. to something else to get out of it. So get rid of Aaron Jones or QB or, and QJ are just missiles. So yeah, give me DK in that deal. All right. So back to this one, this, this is a great way to end it. Watson volatile as hell. Kyler, we love him. He's awesome. But think about how nasty his uh, his dynasty value was feeling towards the, before he got injured with the Call of Duty contract, all of that stuff. Caleb Williams, all that. That's not going to happen. But what do you do? I mean, he's got Bijan. Look at the receivers. These are these are championship receivers. I mean, Kyle Pitts kind of burned him as well. Darren Waller. What do you do with this roster with Tua Watson, Kyler, those running backs, those receivers? I'm okay going into the offseason with a. Tua, Kyler, and if I'm stuck on Watson, fine. Yep. But, you know, we just we did a whole episode about if you got out on Watson right now, think about why you could and be okay with it. I'm fine going into the offseason with a couple of these guys, Alave, Pitts, Bijan, Amon Ra. But listen, if I'm you, you got to make the decision this week. Yep. With Tyreek, with Cup, with e I'm going to the Jefferson manager. I'm going to anybody that could use those guys. And Correct. I'm pick. I'm picking my lane. I'm not trying to hang it one more week and going two and six, then two and seven, then maybe I win one and I'm still in it and I'm praying I can get that last seed and then I miss. And now I'm looking at a roster that still has Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup, Darren Waller going into the offseason. Now you're buried. Now you have no choice but to hold those guys for another year. So be aggressive and don't be worried about kind of shattering what you thought. Get past what you thought your team was going to be because it's not that. Would you? Uh, I'm open to moving Pitts. Uh, I mean, I'm open to moving Waller, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and I'd try to move uh, Deshaun Watson if I could, Aaron Jones. Like, and you don't have any picks in 24 or 25, 
guarantee you you could walk away with a nice little trove of picks if you're creative and diligent. And here's the thing. You don't have to rush into anything. Once you make the decision that you want to move those guys, you'll be aggressive enough to figure out ways to tear down at receiver, to get multiple picks. Um, Waller, Cup, Tyreek, Aaron Jones need to be on the block, in my opinion, immediately. Like, just put them on the block, see what kind of interest you can get, and update us, Creed. Tap in next week for uh, Destination Chill. Let me know. Let us know what you did. Hell, join the damn Discord, Creed. Get over here. You are very active here. Get in the Discord, man. I want to know how this uh, works out for you. Scott, appreciate you. Appreciate everybody being in the building tonight. Um, Good topic. Good topic. We'll uh, continue this stuff, and we're going to finish this over in the Discord. So appreciate all the love. Hit the thumbs up button, like, and subscribe. And until next Wednesday, what do you say, Scott? Be chill, right? Be chill, y'all. There it is.